is the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard. Our mission is to train those who give spiritual counsel to others. Whatever your skill level, we offer accessible and practical advice to those whose life or work frequently leads them to spiritual conversations. Our goal is to foster a growing relational connection with and loyalty to the God of the Bible. We help people choose life-giving reactions to the warning lights on the dashboard of their lives. Our passion comes from the belief that only healthy hearts can know God deeply and follow Him fully. Welcome, everyone, to the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard. This podcast, first launched a year ago, is a tool for training my expanding team of spiritual coaches at our growing multi-site church. I can't tell you how surprised I was that now hundreds of people are listening around the world. Wherever you are on the globe, Nancy and I are honored to have you aboard. Speaking of Nancy, my beautiful bride is in the studio with me today. (laughs) Well, thank you, honey. And hello, everyone. If you're interested in going back and listening to any of the three previous seasons, it would be helpful to begin with the first episode of season one. Each podcast is a standalone topical treatment, but they are episodic, so listening out of order will leave you without some necessary foundational content. Our intention with this podcast is to keep the explanation simple and relatable, and for the most part, avoid the clinical and theological terminology. So what I did is I swapped that out for modern and easily recognizable metaphors to explain spiritual and biblical ideas, as well as coaching techniques and, and approaches. Now, that doesn't mean that our content is overly simplistic or, or dumbed down or, or, or unhelpful to those who are further down the road, just that it's accessible and immensely usable. No matter your familiarity with the subject, you will be able to follow along at whatever level of experience and discover new ways to talk to others about spiritual subjects. Yes, and as we enter this fourth season, we will begin to offer true standalone episodes, tackling both new content as well as returning to subjects we already addressed but feel deserve greater attention. A new feature going forward will be answering specific questions that our listeners have submitted. Questions about specific spiritual coaching subjects or establishing and maintaining a spiritual coaching practice in your context. Listen to the end of the podcast and I will tell you how to submit questions and ideas for future episodes. Yes, and, and it's important that uh, I make a clarification. You understand my use of some terminology. Uh, in all of these podcasts, you, you know, I mentioned spiritual maturity and spiritual growth and those things consistently. Some people, when they hear those terms, especially if they've gone to church all their lives, might be tended to think about attending classes or amassing uh, intellectual understanding. And, and that's not what I mean when I talk about spiritual maturity or spiritual growth. I'm talking about first-person, hands-on, experiential knowledge of God. Spiritual maturity is knowing Him. It's not about what you know, it's about who you know. And that's what I mean when I talk about spiritual maturity and spiritual growth. If the relationship is strong and growing, everything else that's necessary to life as a follower of Jesus Christ will flow from that. In fact, we want you to know that we named the podcast The Spiritual Coaching Dashboard because just like the dashboard in your car, there are warning lights in our lives. They indicate to us that we need to do some heart work with God in order to step into our full potential. We need someone more qualified and experienced to do spiritual wrenching on our souls in order to improve our performance. Our dream for you is that you would unlock your potential through a heart healthy enough to know God deeply and follow Him fully, and then to pass your experience on to others. Now, without further delay, here is today's content. 
In today's episode, I'm going to share the final four truths about becoming God's hero. Four truths about becoming God's hero. So, in the last episode, I I told you that I love a good action-packed adventure. I'm a 100% guy on this, though the odds are always stacked against that hero. They bravely manage to tip the scales in their favor, and when the dust settles, the universe is safe again. Um, and, and that's relevant because as a spiritual coach, I hear at least one sad story just about every day, and some days it's three or four painful and gloomy stories back to back. So uh, when I get home and I want to sit down and relax, I don't even want the hint of a tear-jerking ending or anything even close to an emotional moment on the way to that end. And I, I need to enjoy just a few minutes as far removed from reality of life on planet Earth as possible. I need anti-reality. Uh, and Hollywood can always be depended upon to misrepresent reality, so no matter the subject. Um, which is exactly why I turn there when I want our so reality free. But recently, this truth drove me to ask this question: um, In real life, what makes a hero a hero? Really, right? Right? Um, I don't want uh, a hollow Hollywood, you know, useless hollow Hollywood answer. Uh, I, I need God's answer, and so to pursue. To answer that question, I decided to pursue the stories in the Bible of heroic adventures and hearts that were stout enough to stand uh, strong and prevail as God's champions, and these two episodes of the podcast are what I found. Last episode, I gave you some critical keys that it isn't sexy, zero comes before hero, and we have to begin at the beginning. And then we unpack number one, the, the first truth about God's heroes is that God, God's heroes are not born, they are grown. And two, God's heroes are not super saints, they are simply saints. Which brings us to uh, point number three, God's heroes are not perfect, just persistent. Every single one. They all have a track record that proves they're human. Many of the biblical heroes have some pretty messy, messed up backstories. And when the Bible does not record something messed up um, from their past, it will tell you something they messed up after their famous story or act of faith. Rest assured, even if there is nothing written down in the Bible about their struggles in life, they're there. Everyone struggles, either with repeated failure or even with repeated success, and the latter can be more problematic than the former. Abraham could not tell the truth where his wife was concerned for the life of him, and she, Sarah, struggled with unbelief. Jacob, uh, Abraham's son, was an experienced and successful deceiver. Moses was a murderer and a fugitive from justice. Does not get more messed up than that. Samson had a lust problem that cost him his eyes and his life. And then there's King David, who was also a murderer and adulterer. Solomon was so messed up that I can't take the time to explain all of it. All those biblical characters had moments of brilliance, and for some, like King David or Solomon, many piled successes upon successes. Famous kings and scriptural characters throughout the biblical narrative go down through history and right up to today illustrate the same truth. Heroes are not perfect people. There is one truth that even the movie industry usually gets right. All champions, including heroes of faith, have falls in their past. Their sin and failure is part of who they become and will make them who they will be. If you look at your own messed up past and think that there's no way that you could be one of God's heroes, think again. Turn your thinking on its head, in fact, because in order to be a hero, according to the pattern and precedent of history and scripture, you need a messed up past. You need to mess up again tomorrow as well. Do not take yourself out of the running 
if and when you sin. Instead, admit your sin. Ask God to forgive you. Make whatever restitution and adjustments that are called for. Learn from your mistakes. Move forward. Allow God into that area of your life and just the one more spot where you realize that you are dependent on Him. Allow your failure to drive you to God. Listen again and again for what He wants from you next. Or simply pick up where you left off. Either way, finish what you started. See, heroes, God's heroes respond to God's call, often reluctantly, in spite of their broken past. God seldom calls those who are on top of their game to join Him. Sure, it happens, but they are usually too busy with their own life to make room for Him. They are too self-assured to choose a life of utter dependence on God. They have the tiger by the tail and are loving life. If God were to put them to work for Him, they would be in danger of taking the credit for themselves in arrogant self-promotion. We need to, to stumble in order to see what we are made of and to see what God is made of. Okay, We need to stumble in order to see what we are made of and what God is made of. To know the truth about ourselves as well as about God. When we screw up and God is still willing to work through us and, and touch our lives through us, other lives through us, and accomplish His plan through us, it endears us to Him. Our heart of devotion and love for God grows deeper and stronger. I have often wondered how those heroes of faith had the depth of loyalty to God to do what they did, like profess faith in Jesus Christ when it meant certain death. Part of the answer is that they messed up so often and had come to know God to be faithful and loving so well that their relationship with Him was strong enough to own Him even when their life depended on it. God's heroes are God's heroes precisely because they messed up plenty, um, not because they lived defect-free lives. Okay, so God's heroes, six, the six truths, God's heroes are, are born, not grown. God's heroes are super saints, are not super saints, they are simply saints. And God's heroes are not perfect, just persistent. So that brings us to number four, God's heroes do not calculate they trust. Okay, now that's not entirely true. It may be better to say that they do not overcalculate. But it is true from a certain point of view, from a critical point of view. There has to be some calculating when it comes to you know finances and timing and strategy and such things when, when a project or challenge is before us. That is just wise. But analyzing, estimating, even conventional wisdom, they cannot ever override the clear and confirmed direction of God. Do notice the emphasis on both clear and confirmed. Hmm, should I sleep with my neighbor's husband? Uh, you do not need to think about that one, let alone calculate anything. But when analyzing and estimating wanders into uh, the arena of do I obey God's clear command and confirmed leadings, calculating is not wise. Okay, so sometimes calculating is wise. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about those times when there is clear and confirmed leading and we're still calculating. Calculating leads to fear and fear to unbelief and unbelief to disobedience. What do I mean by calculating? I mean stopping to see if you can prevail before you decide if you're going to obey God or not. I mean looking at our present situation and currently available resources and then adding things up to see if we can get there with what is currently on hand. But you see, God does not give us the grace, His undeserved help, until the hour that we need it. If we look ahead at some future challenge that God's calling us to, and we do that from where we are and what we currently are and, and, and what we currently have and, and calculate what we do not have, um, what we will need in, in order to prevail, right? Well, of course, we're not going to do it. 
We're going to look at where we're at now, say, I'm not ready for that, I can't do that, and we're not going to move forward based on where we are now. You have all the grace, God's help and provision, you need for today, not tomorrow. Like the manna in the desert, God provided just what they needed for today. The greedy and fearful that tried to gather more than their immediate need found it rotten overnight, forcing them to go out each day and gather new manna. If God were to fill us up now with what we will need then, why would we need to trust Him any longer? Crazy, impossible or not, what God commands in the Bible and where He leads when when backed up with numerous trustworthy confirmations, that is what God's heroes do. They stop calculating. Then there is this truth that if God in His love is for us, who can prevail against us? God's heroes realized, as young David did when standing up to Goliath, that when God is on your side, the battle is the Lord's to fight and win, not ours. When God is on our side, there are more that are for us than there are in the the army that could ever come against us. God's heroes do not look at their stature or skill or opportunities or the probability and, and weigh their options and calculate the chances of success. And then, with all that data collected and measured, decide if success is possible. And depending on the results of said human and limited calculations, say yes to God if the column ends in the black and no if it ends in the red. Here's a little news flash: If it is God's leading, the calculation will always end up in the red. I do not say, I did not say that if it looks impossible, it has to be God. Please do not hear that. I did say that when it is God, it will not just seem impossible without Him. It will truly be impossible without Him. Let's take a short break so you can rest your brain. You've been used to a new episode each week as we work through our first three seasons. As we move into season four, the episodes will drop less frequently, but at least once a month. Whatever the reason and from wherever you are listening, we are so glad you have come along for the ride. That is why we are excited to invite you to help us determine some of our future content. At the close of this episode, we will tell you how you can send your questions, ideas for topics, and suggested book reviews. If this podcast is helpful, we ask that you take a moment to rate, follow, and share it on whatever platform you use to stream content so that others can find us too. All right, let's finish today's episode of this podcast. All right, so I did not say... I did not say that if it's crazy and stupid impossible, of course it's God. No, 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 no. I did just say that when it is God, it will not just seem impossible without Him. It will truly be with poss- impossible without Him. God's heroes make sure it is God they're hearing, and when that is confirmed, they trust Him knowing that with Him on their side, they will have what they need when they need it. Now, that does not mean we will have what we need when we think we need it only when he knows we need it. Nor does it mean that we'll be all uh, forward and no setbacks. And it may remind you that being in the center of God's will is no guarantee to be being comfortable or, 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 or reasonable or even safe. Throw all that out the window. Think about Mary, the mother of Jesus. She was blessed of God, right? Yet, she had to endure the stigma and danger of being an unwed mother in a culture that did not look kindly on such things. Dead in the middle of God's unfolding drama and in the, the most awkward and dangerous situation imaginable, 
She's blessed by God. Does that sound like blessed by God? No, not to me. And Joseph, imagine the uncomfortable uh, discussion he had when he found out Mary was, was pregnant and the angel had not yet appeared to tell him what was going on. Clearly, he did not believe Mary's story because he was getting ready to leave her. Quietly, so as not to draw unwanted attention on Mary and her apparent and undeniable indiscretion, but leave nonetheless. Imagine Mary telling her unbelievable story as Joseph shakes his head and wonders if he needs to have her committed. This is why God's heroes must trust God, not calculate the likelihood of a successful outcome in order to decide if they will follow God into the unknown. And may I add, if you go and read Hebrews chapter 11, the one that stands out to me is, it, it talks about how the, the, those that were, lived a life of faith were sawn asunder. Don't, don't. Don't demand safety. Don't let that be part of your calculation or comfort for that matter. Number five, God's heroes choose to obey, not be a hero. This one's closely connected to the previous one, but it's important enough to warrant its own point. True heroes do not choose to be heroes. The choice is about obeying God and leaving the results with him. If the question was about becoming a hero or not, at the center of the discussion, you would find that person, not God. God would not get the credit. The hero would. Stealing the credit from God is a bad idea. If we choose to obey God so we could be the star, we have grossly misunderstood the point at best. At worst, we are glory seekers who are following our own plan and promotion and not really following God. Now, there's a difference between false humility and real humility. Real humility has no problem receiving a thank you or accepting credit for following God. False humility says, oh, don't thank me. Um, I didn't do anything. Yes, you did do something. And being recognized and thanked for having the faith and courage to follow God's plan is just fine. Just don't take the credit for the plan itself or its favorable outcome. That credit goes to God alone. You may even want to give him praise for giving you the strength to follow. But in the end, there is a decision that must be made. Having the ability to choose it um, and, and choosing to use it are not the same thing. Okay, Having the ability and choosing to use it are not the same thing. Ultimately, you must decide what road you will take. Now, you may want to even give that credit to God. But in the end, um, there is a part that you played in it. False humility is uh, just deflects every sort of... Um, Thank you and appreciation. True humility accepts what is true and gives the glory to God elsewise. Depending on your theology, you may have a different point of view, but this one thing we can agree on. True heroes are more concerned about their obedience and God's reputation than anything else. True heroes are obedient first, not seeking the glory, but seeking to both pro protect and deepen their relational connection with God. True champions choose to know God, not be a hero. Their reputation is not their concern. God is. God's reputation is. Getting the credit for or building a reputation as God's hero is not the goal. Uh, you know, advancing your brand is not the main goal. Pleasing God is. being uh, Seeing his plan unfold, that is the point. Stepping up to the privilege of playing a small part in his plan, that is the goal. Being able to join forces with the many thousands of Christ followers over the millennia who have made up God's family, God's army, God's presence on planet earth, that is the goal. Number six, and we're going to wrap up with this, God's heroes just begin. As I read along in the biblical narrative, I often stop and incredulously ask myself, why in the world did they ever say yes to the impossible project? 
Yeah, I know, you, you probably had to be there, but or be them, but still, part of my disbelief is certainly because it was not me who got asked. The project was perfectly presented and prepared for them to execute, taking into consideration what what their backstory was and what was in their heart. So, of course, I could not see success in the future, but they could. Or, or maybe not. But one thing is true of each of and every one who becomes someone God uses to do, do heroic exploits. They take a single step. They do a small thing that leads to bigger things. Famous biblical personalities are Christ followers that grow into a greater ability to trust God by simply doing life with Him. This grows in assurance that He has prepared them and is all they need in order to do the great things He requires of them, walking through, uh, working through their inability. God working through their inability. It's really that simple. They begin. David did not slay Goliath first. He exercised the courage to kill a lion and a bear. He began to talk about killing Goliath over and over before he did it. He endured and resisted the ridicule and stand-down order that were shouted at him. Many steps were taken before he stepped onto that battlefield where the giant fell in defeat. They not only begin, but as I have heard it said, they, they live out a long obedience in the same direction. They begin and then they do not quit. They may feel like quitting, and even talk about it, and even maybe quit for a time, but in the end, they finish. And when they do, they finish strong, all because they began and kept beginning every day, doing the mundane, persisting through the boredom, completing the tedious, real heroes, God's heroes, hero up again and again. They argue with God and doubt the outcome and have trouble seeing the end. They get discouraged when attacked and despondent when the end seems to be nowhere in sight, yet they finish. The hero is often not the one who brags after coming in first, but the one who drags himself across the finish line in anything but first place. See, to be a hero, you do not have to be the one with the most toys. You simply keep beginning and leave everything else up to God. Are you ready to hero up? It may be unhelpful, if not incorrect, to think of anyone as a hero, since true heroes are regular people with just enough pluck to be, to be led and equipped by God. But, since all Christ followers can be one, I rather like the thought. I wonder if simply obeying God is grounds for hero status. The Catholic Church likes to posthumously confer sainthood on, on men and women who lived and performed heroically while alive, in ways that, that modeled to others how to follow God well. Do we have to wait until we're dead and someone else recognizes our valiant heart to be seen as heroes? Maybe the best, better question is, can we act like a hero and live as a hero without being called or seen as a hero by anyone but God? The answer is obviously yes. And anyone can begin this very day by taking a single and seemingly undaring step. One thing will lead to another as we follow God into the glorious unknown. It may not be this step that takes you to hear them. It may be another that you have yet to take that you have yet to be presented with. Um, that is many, many steps away. But this one will lead to that one. It's your move. Where is he asking you to begin? Now, if you want more, I suggest uh, a readily available um, little book called The Chocolate Soldier by C.T. Studd. Uh, there's a free printed uh, copy offered by World Mission. You can get that link um, at... Um, where, where this is 
going to be posted. Uh, I'll mention that in a minute. Uh, um, and you can also actually hear um, this, uh, the Chocolate Soldier, be read to you on YouTube. So, yes, new this season. You can find the transcripts of these podcasts at my blog site. These show notes not only include the script I use, but also often include more biblical references than I share on air. And like with this episode, direct links to the books I suggest for further reading and any other helpful links that obviously aren't possible to to provide any other way than physically. Uh, just go to tworivers.church backslash Brave the Rapids. That's the name of the of the blog, Brave the Rapids. Tworivers.church backslash Brave the Rapids. Next time on the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard, A Theology of the Mundane. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you heard something that got your attention, whether it be for your own relationship with God or for coaching others, do not waste the divine nudge. Be sure to take the time to think through how God would have you work the new thought into your life and practice. If you do spiritual coaching, either formally or informally, remember that it is hard to lead where you have never been. We firmly believe that God will exchange the wounding of the past for the wellness of the future. A transformation that frees us to be wholeheartedly available to Him and those near us. As we walk into that healing, we gain the humble confidence and godly credibility needed to step unrestricted into the life and impact God has for us. And when we experience that for ourselves, it gives us a compelling story from which to call others to experience the same. We pray that God uses the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard to inform and transform your life before it reaches another. If you would like to submit a question or topic for a future episode of our podcast, here as promised is the contact information. The email address is carrie at tworivers.church or text at scdashboard from the social media platform of your choice. Again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard.